welcome to another inspirational teaching from the Gate Church. It's great to see you all here this morning. I can tell that you're all looking sun-kissed and just loving this Mediterranean weather in Dundee, Scotland. Isn't that amazing? It's like a heat wave. It's, inc- it's, it's incredible. I was in, down in London a couple of weeks ago, and it was 30-odd Celsius, and it was like, oh my gosh. For, you know, a white Scottish boy in London in 30-odd Celsius, it was kind of awkward to watch, you know, as the sweat poured off, and I was struggling with, with, with the heat, but one survives, and it's good to be back in uh, the Costa del Dundee, where it's just 20-something. Isn't it good? Come on. It's great. You've got to be grateful for the, the weather uh, when it arrives. And in Scotland, they've got a phrase when all the, it's usually workmen on building sites, they say, taps off. That means take your top off and get some sun. And uh, that's kind of what we're like here, uh, if you're not from this promised land, is that we kind of uh, crave the sun uh, when, it, when it appears. Uh, so, today, I want to share with you a word just to encourage you and to bless you. You've heard of, has anybody ever heard of the phrase, you reap what you sow? You ever heard that phrase? Now, when you hear the phrase, you reap what you sow, for for me, traditionally, when I hear that phrase, even in a a Christian context, I think of it negatively. Because I've heard sermons where people have gone, ah, you reap what you sow. And it's like, oh man. And I've heard sermons on, you reap what you sow. And by the end of it, rather than reeking and smelling of the aroma of Christ, I, I, I leave smelling like a pair of smelly socks. And, I, and today, I don't want you leaving here smelling like a pair of smelly socks. I want you to leave smelling the aroma of Jesus Christ. Is that the deal? Come on. So, as, as we share this morning, we talk about reaping and sowing. I'm speaking about it in a positive sense, okay? Because as we're born again, as we know Jesus, what we, what we sow and what we reap will be an incredible reward for the glory of God. Now, I, I, I want to ask some of you right here, right now, to repent of your naggy mindset as I'm preaching this word. Some of you are like, I reap what you sow. Just just don't don't have a negative mindset. Have a positive mindset. That when I'm talking on what you reap what you sow, I'm talking about the kingdom of God and how we sow seeds of righteousness. We sow things for the kingdom, and good things will come back. Okay, because so many people have got a mindset of, yeah, I did this. When, when I was seven, I, 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 you know, I took five pence out of my mother's purse, and it's going to bite me on the bum, and oh, God, I'm going to reap what I'm sowing. It's like, man, God forgives you for all these crazy things that you've done. And that's the goodness of God. He, he forgives us. When, when we repent and say, no more, forgive me, O God, and we repent of these things, He forgives us. So when I'm talking this morning about seed, time, and harvest, I'm talking about how we sow in the kingdom, and we'll reap in the kingdom as well. Because I know here today there's a bunch of sores and growers. There's people who want to sow. And I'm not just talking about your finances and your cash. I know that this is a very, very generous church where people give, and they bless the house, and they bless one another. I'm aware of that. But I'm also talking about the seed of God's Word and the seed of the kingdom as well. So it's important this morning that as I preach this word, just repent quietly before God and say, I'm going to be positive. I'm going to see this in the light of the kingdom that of seed, time, and harvest. 
There's a phenomenal word in, in Genesis um, 8, verse 22, and it says, as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. Now, I, I've got here seed time and harvest, which is seed time, time and harvest. But just for the sake of not messing with your mind too much, I'm going to call it seed, then time, then harvest. So the sermon this morning has got three points. So you know by the time we get to harvest, it's nearly over. And you're like, oh, come on, it's nearly finished. So someone once said, a good sermon has a good start, a good finish, and uh, the congregation prayed us very little time in between. So anyway, swiftly moving on. So we want to talk about how this verse, Genesis 8:22, as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, will never cease. Now, why would God speak this word uh, to Noah? This is to Noah, and I'll explain why he had to reiterate this principle, because the law of seed time and harvest was already established in the book of Genesis, where God created everything, all the plants, all the herbs, all the animals, and all the people, and the seed principle is within us, and the seed law is, is within nature. It's within everything. So why on earth does God speak to a man about something so basic? Well, here's the key, is that for one year, for a whole year, uh, Noah had been floating on a boat. Noah was a floater in the best possible way. He was floating, and he wasn't on a cruise, okay? He wasn't on a cruise. Every day, he was feeding Gordon the giraffe, Eric the elephant. I mean, it must have been so laborious, been on that boat for a year, that the total time that they were on it, it was like, oh my goodness, what an incredible amount of time that they were on that boat for. And there's, there's an element in, in which sometimes in life, sometimes in situations, it can, bring, it can bring a traumatic effect, it can bring a trauma on our life, or it can bring a, a mind condition. Psychologists, some people have said it takes 21 days to, to create or form a habit. Imagine being on a boat with all these animals for a year. Imagine being one of Noah's sons. Can you clear out the dung bit? Can you, can you clear out the dung gate, Gordon? Yes, Noah. Can, can you just imagine what it's like? So, they're in this mindset. They're in this boat set. They're in this cruise set. They're, they're in this year of transformation, but it probably is not the most exciting place to be for that whole year. But someone takes place where they, they, they come out from the earth going through a cleansing, and there's repentance, and they come out from this hiding place, this hidey hole, this cubby hole, this place that they've been hidden for a year, and something has, has taken place where, where God asked Noah to sacrifice on an altar and, and, and cut blood, cut a covenant, and God reiterates His law of sowing and reaping. Now, in Noah's mind, he must have thought that, that everything was gone, not just, just, not just the animal life, but all the seed life, everything must have vanished and disappeared. But God is reiterating to him that the seed, the, the, the law of the seed, the law of sowing and reaping is still in existence. That, that what he put in creation still is in existence today, going back these thousands of years ago. So, so something is taking place where no one needs to hear that law again. And I want to reiterate that law again here this morning, that there is a seed, there's a time, and there's a harvest. Because many of us don't realize how many seeds 
we've actually sown. When a man and a woman go to make a baby, in that moment, close your ears, children, in that wonderful moment, there's one child will appear, but there's half a billion seed that's been shared. Let's put it that way. So we're full of seed. Whether you like it or not, men, you're loaded with seed. That's the way that we're made, not just in the physical, but in the spiritual as well. I want to tell you, men and women today, that you are loaded with the seed of God's Word. And when the Word of God is spoken from your mouth, that seed has power to change some things and do some things. You see, a seed has power. When a seed falls in a rock or certain stones, a seed or, a, or, or like that, that tower up there that's on the side of the church, what do you call them? Steeples. That steeple had little budly eye plants growing in the side of it, and the seed began to crack the stone. That's the power of a seed. So something looks so, so small and something that looks like, man, I, I don't know if there's any potential in that, but the potential in the seed is incredibly powerful and wonderful. Jesus said in Mark 4, 26, He said, and He was saying, the kingdom of God is like a man who casts seed upon the soil, and he goes to bed at night and gets up by day, and the seed sprouts and grows. How, how he himself does not know, the soil produces crops by itself. You see, there's, there's something about the permission of God. There's something about the potential in a seed as we sow that seed. It's got incredible potential for the kingdom. So we need to understand that the seed of the Word, the seed of the things that we speak, has incredible power and incredible potential. I want to share something with you this morning where when I have sown seed, when I've shared the gospel with people historically, I've shared the, shared the Word, I've shared the message of Jesus Christ for many, many people. And, uh, you know, sometimes, most of the time, I've had to walk away because the person hasn't responded. So I've left the seed in them. But the, the problem I've faced is that when I've sown that seed, I've walked away from that seed sown that was anointed, that was powerful, that was spirit-led, and I've walked away, and I've gone back, and in my own head, or head, as you say in English, in my own head, there's this battle going on where I'm thinking, oh, that was a waste of time that'll come to nothing. You're just a waster. You're the weakest evangelist on the planet. Anything you do comes to nothing. And there's this mantra starts to happen. And I, 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 I fight that at times where I've sown the seed of God's Word. But I want to tell you, God's, not, God's Word is not subject to my mental mantra, to the craziness that I've gone through at times. God's Word is subject to Himself. God's Word is subject to God's Word. In our words, the seed has power. Even though the vessel is weak, even though the vessel gets negative, even though the vessel gets depressed, even though the vessel, uh, you know, sometimes thinks, you know, there's, there's no power, there, there's something going wrong, even though the vessel malfunctions, even though the, 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 the vessel is in dysfunction, the Word is still the same. And that's what I love about the seed of God's Word. It has power. And when the seed goes in, there's something when that seed comes forth that is not under our control. I want to tell you, this year the conditions have been amazing in this country, this, this year, because, you know, every year 
it, it, mainly in Dundee, when, where my wife, she, she plants, we've got a wee garden, and she plants vegetables. She's a really good gardener and great cook, and uh, she plants these vegetables. But one of the things that happens is most years you can't sun the vegetables. No, you, you can't bring out a sunshine machine and go sprinkle it with sun. So you can't sun them. So every, she's never sunned the vegetable seeds. All she can do this year, because there's so much sun, is water them. Isn't that powerful? So you can water the seed, the subject, the, the power of that seed, the sun, the power of the supernatural seed of the Word of God is when God's light shines on that seed. We can water that seed. Some of you might be here this morning because you heard the Word as a child. You heard the Bible preached as a child, and that Word has gone dormant, but there's, there's a light come on in you recently. And as I preach this morning, all I'm doing is watering the Word. This year, Fiona produced marrows like the size of footballs. She didn't produce them. She just sowed the seed, and she watered them. But if she'd given up last year and said, oh, stuff it, they never grow. I've done, I'm, I'm done in with that stuff. But because she was faithful and she pushed through and she sowed the seed one more time, the thing produced a crop, a bumper crop and harvest because she loved, she recognized the power of the seed. All it needs is the conditions to be right. Point number two, that's the seed. Point number two is the time, the time. The time is now, the time is right. We know, I know that most of you are well-schooled in, in, in Greek. Don't look at me like that. So uh, when, when we use the word chronos and kairos, the Greek words, most of you know what that means. Chronos means chronological in our words. What's the time? Oh, he's got 10 minutes left. So chronos is the time, and the kairos is the moment, the now, when God speaks in to a situation. And that's the lovely thing about the, the, the time. There's the seed, then there's the time when, when, when God's Word comes into fruition. It's like the example of at Gate Beautiful, where, where Peter, the, the apostle, he stood up at Pentecost within days or weeks. He, he passed the man begging at Gate Beautiful, and he said, give some money. Give me some money, man. And Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, rise up and walk. And he, the guy got healed. But you see, Jesus passed that man many times. But the kairos, the moment in time, was when Peter walk past them. You see, there's a moment in time when God's Word is suddenly lit within you, and that miracle or that salvation will come in His time and His season. I want to encourage you here this morning that time, I, I, I love time, but sometimes I hate time. You know when you're trying to achieve something, and it's like, man, this is taking ages. God, will you hurry up, big man? What are you doing? What's going on, God? You're just taking so long. You know, that's, that's when I'm not really in love with time. But when I look back in hindsight, like, you know when David preaches in the Psalms, and he, and he sings about, oh, God, how faithful you are, and on this occasion, you turned up, and you delivered me. And on that occasion, and when we look back, like Simon, when he was chairing the meeting this morning, said, look back and remember what God has done. And it's, it's important that we do that. We recognize God's timing in everything. One of the hardest things following God, I find, because I'm human, we're all human, and I, I, want, I want to help God arrange the furniture. 
man, I'm so big on that. I'm like God's personal interior designer. I just want to redesign what he's doing and do it on my time and my way. But one of the hardest lessons and the best lessons, and it's easiest lesson to learn if you've got the patience to just say, I'm going to sit back. I'm not going to drive, but I'm going to be led by the Spirit. One of the things with, with Scottish nature, I, I can't speak on behalf of any other nation here, but I know with Scottish people, some of us are quite driven. Do you know what I mean by driven? It's like, I want to do it, and I want to do it now. And we're quite driven, but being led by the Spirit is, Lord, I trust you. If it doesn't happen today, I know it's going to happen tomorrow. <clears throat> and I, I, I'm learning to love that journey with God. I've wrestled with him over the years with it. I'm like, God, what are you playing at? You know, he's the creator of the universe, and I'm like, you know, a tiny speck on a fly's leg going, one of his creation, but arguing with him. But the fact is that in his time, in his season, things will come about. I love, I love the fact, one of the things I love, when I, when I look back, when I read the Gospels in the book of Acts, I love reading about Jesus when after he, was, after he was crucified, after he was raised from the dead, <clears throat> and his influence wasn't that big. His influence wasn't huge. You know, it's a dozen guys plus a few of their pals. <clears throat> then eventually, there's 120 at Pentecost. I love the fact that Jesus hadn't written a book. I love the fact that Jesus wasn't on Twitter. I love the fact that Jesus didn't have a website. I just love the fact that instructions that he gave were verbal, and he said it to his eyewitness followers. I just love that, because one of the things that happened was the seed, listen to this, the seed of the Word that he'd been preaching for years, the seed of the Word that he shared with his disciples, the seed of the Word when he said, go into all the world and make disciples, the seed of that Word was installed in the twelve, and Peter, James, and John, and the other bros in the hood. The seed was installed. The seed of that Word was, was placed in them, but the seed of that Word goes on and on through generation upon generation who recognize that Jesus is the discipler of all disciples. And the seed of that Word that He spoke into Peter, James, and John, and the rest of the hood of going to all the world and make disciples of all nations, the seed of that Word is in me, and it's in you today. Because not just as we read the Word, it does, doesn't just become cerebral, it doesn't just go in our brains, but it goes in our hearts as well. The power of the seed of the Word. When I came to faith in Jesus, many people had the faith that I could, I could, they could pray with me, and I would speak in tongues and prophesy. And you know what? Today, I speak in tongues, and I can prophesy. Isn't that good? But I want to tell you that there's people, there's also faith to believe that people can speak in tongues, they can prophesy, they can lay hands on the sick, and people will recover. There's also the seed of the Word. See, the fullness of the gospel is full. You know, when I, when I read the Scripture, the fullness of the full gospel is way beyond my experience. And I want the fullness of the seed of the Word of God to come forth. You see, one of the things I was speaking at the start was that we need to give and receive. We need to be able to receive the law of seed time and then harvest with a positive mindset, because I believe that many of us, when we sow the Word, you see, there's something powerful about sowing the seed. There's something powerful 
about being an evangelist, and it comes with a seed that's sown. I shared earlier about how sometimes I have shared the Word, and, and the Word's gone in, and I've walked away and kind of had a wee breakdown, thinking, what's going on? What's happening with the seed? What's happening? I'm a failure. I'm this. I'm that. But as we learn to train our minds and say, I repent of that negativity, because we need the seed to train us so that we're people that believe that anything is impossible, is, is possible with God. So, as we get the seed in our own minds, as we train our own minds with the Word of God, as we allow the seed in and we meditate upon the Word, the Word has an impact on our minds, and we're changed for the glory of God. One of the worst things that we can do as preachers, one of the worst things that we can do as pastors, one of the worst things that any minister of the gospel can do is we can take the seed of the Word and we can disperse it amongst many people. But the weakest thing and the weakest link in any pastor's link is they forget to feed their own mind. And that's the key, is that every one of us need to be likewise, is that we feed our minds with the Word of God. The Word goes in, and it goes between our minds and our hearts, and we meditate upon the Word. So the Word becomes a reality in our lives. See, there's seed, there's time, but there's also harvest. And I want to announce you to you here today, harvest is coming. There's a time and a season where harvest will come. I was in um, a village, a town in Spain 30 years ago where there was missionaries there. And the missionaries had been in this town for 20 plus years. And in this town, guess how many people would come to know Jesus? Zero. Or as they say in Spanish, zero with a Spanish accent. So none of them, nobody had come to faith. And they spoke, they spoken many, many, many people. And, and, and people wouldn't get saved. They wouldn't respond to the gospel. They'd offer to pray with people and they say, I'm a Catholic. Or they'd say something and they'd say, no, no, I don't want that. And it was 20 years, but they, they, they sensed God called them there and they prayed and they prayed some more and they prayed and they spoke the seed into the atmosphere. They spoke the word over the region. They spoke the word to the people. It was like the atmosphere responded, but the people didn't. Even the cows were mooing when they were preaching. It was amazing. But what happened was nobody was getting saved. But suddenly there came a time where a lot of the sons or the, 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 the children or the grandchildren started taking drugs. And there was a major problem where lots of them were taking drugs. Um, and, and suddenly they, they, had a, they had a problem. So these people cl clicked in with a, a drug rehabilitation center. And all these people started coming to know Jesus. And suddenly because their children and grandchildren had come to know Jesus, they start to, to listen to the preachers. You see, the preachers, they spent 20 years, the missionaries, they spoke the seed. Listen to this. They spoke the seed. They spoke the word. Then there was time. I don't know if I could handle being, I'm being honest, I don't know if I could handle being someplace for 20 years. They spoke the word. They spoke the seed. There was time. Then after 20 years, there was harvest. You see, God's time is not chronos. God's time is kairos, which means the now time of God. In our words, God decides when that harvest is coming in. And I want to encourage you, those loyal people, those faithful people who've stood firm on God's Word, 
I want to encourage you here today. Stand firm on His Word. Don't give up. Your harvest is coming in in due time. The harvest of the seed that's been sown just from this room today, the amount of people that are here, the seed potential of that harvest is huge. It's absolutely massive. I want to encourage you, see the seed as He sees the seed, not as you naturally see the seed. If we see it as a man or as a woman, we won't see much. But if we see it through the eyes of God, there's harvest. There's harvest yet to come. There's harvest to come. There's harvest coming in. There's people coming in. For many of you, when we talk about the law of sowing and reaping, or the law of seed, then time, then harvest, with some people it's in your finances, with some people it's in relationship, with some people it's within the kingdom, it's the seed of the Word of God that's gone out, and it's going to return in people's lives. I want to tell you, the seed that goes down sometimes and just stays dormant, it says, Jesus said, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it will not bear forth much fruit. And there comes a time where you've, you've shared the Word, and it looks like everything has died, but there comes a time where the seed will produce a harvest for the glory of God. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's all stand to our feet. We'll pray a little bit, and uh, then we'll sing one more song, and we'll finish. But I'm just believing between now and then that the Spirit of God just wants to encourage people here today. Father God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the beautiful sense of your presence. I thank you for the power of your Word, that your Word is, is like a, a seed. And Father, I pray that this morning as your seed has gone in again, like it's gone on every other Sunday, Lord, that we would receive your seed in faith. And Father, I pray for every single person that has spoken your Word in their circumstances. They've spoken it in other nations. They've spoken it over their family. They've spoken it over so many people they've shared the gospel with over the years. We thank you, God, that your seed has power. And I pray, O oh God, that we would see the harvest that would come in to this land. Father, I pray for the harvesters. There's many of us who are called to sow seed. There's some that will water, but there's others who will be harvesters. And I pray for those who are harvesters, those who are laborers, like Jesus said, the, the, the fields are white, are ripe and ready for harvest. Those who are going to bring them in, I just pray, oh God, this morning, Spirit of God, right now, touch them and let them see how you're going to use them supernaturally, oh God, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. This is the end of your teaching for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. 